Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp, Bob. I hope you're ready for the next episode. We are back at it again and loving life, living in the beach of the boot camp over the summer. It's getting to see a lot of great things happen and enjoy the ministry that we get to do together. I want to go back to our time in New Orleans for just a moment and just say, man, what a joy it was to meet so many of you guys. If If I'm doing my math right, Bob, this is like episode 190... Seven, eight, nine, one, one ninety. This is one ninety nine right here. Yeah, this is a big episode, Jimbo, because the next one's two hundred. We've, I think, we're gonna have. Are we gonna rent out a hall and have dancers and like? I think we're bringing in some like Dragos, char grilled oysters, and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. And yeah, special invite only. Uh, you should have already, listeners. You should have already received the invite by the time this podcast goes <laughs> live. And so, if you got an invite, you know you're part of the upper echelon of boot campers. So we're also fundraising for that event, if you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if you want to secure your invite to this non-existent event, then you can make your <laughs> donations to us, and maybe we'll make an event if if you'll fund it. <laughs> Man, 200, that's got to be a milestone, because uh, didn't you say the average podcast quits after, is it like seven episodes, Jimbo? Or I think so. It? When we started this, I mean, we started this, Bob, some years ago, and that was- Years ago. Years ago. I mean, Bob, it was years, years ago. ago. This was- Okay. I mean, Bob, it's it's been three years since COVID started, and we started before <laughs> COVID. Oh, my goodness. I mean, so it's, it's been a few years. It, it has. And I think it's been a wonderful three years, Jimbo. They've flown by like they were five minutes. So this is a tweet from someone named Jack Butcher that says, 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three. That's 1.8 million who quit. Of the 200,000 left, 90% will quit after 20 episodes. Wow. I don't know who Jack Butcher is or if his Twitter is reliable source of information, but there's what the tweeters say. Well, there you go. And I think you looked up our ranking in podcast land in the category of religion, and we are at number 385. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like there's probably a lot of podcasts in that religion spirituality section. Yeah, I would think so. So... You know, we're top 500. I'm good with that. Yeah, there you go. But honestly, it was so good to meet so many of you at the Southern Baptist Convention in New Orleans. And so many of you came and shared even some of your stories and what God's doing in your ministries. And just know we love hearing from you guys. And so thank you to all of you that did find your way to us and talk to us and share your stories and encourage us with how the podcast has helped you and and even some of our food recommendations and and so we're grateful for you guys. Obviously, without you, we wouldn't do this. I mean, Bob and I talk a lot. We just wouldn't record it <laughs> if, if nobody was going to listen. That's probably good, Jimbo. We would have to edit out a lot of things. And if we recorded every conversation, not that we're ever inappropriate, but, you know, there's some behind the scenes secret sauce to this world of replanting and revitalization <laughs> that we just can't let out everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, Bob, for episode 199, I think somewhat of a repeated topic, but we're going to come at it from a little bit different angle today. Let's talk about church hurt. Like, how do you overcome 
church hurt? Because we've talked about this and when we've talked about pastoral grit or we've talked about a lot of other things, but man, it's, I think as we're coming three years post the arrival of COVID and things kind of have a new norm and we're not in the, the battle of do you wear a mask or not anymore and hopefully never again. But in that normal, we kind of get back to the things that that really used to be the hardest parts about ministry. And, and sometimes that's how people hurt you as hurt you and they hurt your family. And there's a lot of ways that that happens. You know, it's overly critical remarks. It's ghosting you, just disappearing on you. It is even action to try to get you fired or get you ousted. It's gossip. It's all sorts of things that can be really hurtful for you, for your wife, for your kids. And so it's something you got to really think through and you got to, you got you need to have a plan for what you're going to do when it happens, because if it's not happening to you right now, it, it's coming, it's going to happen. Absolutely. I think of a conversation I had while we were in New Orleans of a pastor that I, I really understood some months ago, he was dealing with some of this and it was fresh because it was in process. It was in the beginning stages of, of challenge. And now he's several months past this. And so we were just having a conversation. And one of the things I said to him, Jimbo, was I said, this is going to take some time and it's going to require some intentionality in order to deal with the pain and the hurt that you've experienced mm. at the place you just left. Yeah. Right. And I think the intensity of it fades over time. But Jimbo, I don't think it, if you don't lean into it and you don't do some proactive kinds of things as you're moving into a new ministry season or taking a pause, this hurt will be unresolved. So one, we've heard the phrase time heals all wounds. Well, I think that that's true if you have intentionality, Yeah. Right? but I think you've got to put some intentionality. So I, I would just say one thing I would add to that and I'd love to hear what you would say is I think you need to spend some time reflecting on the situation that happened and looking back, not to dredge up the emotions, Jimbo, necessarily, but I think looking back to say what happened mm -hmm. as best as I can understand and how did I respond? Yeah. And I think part of that, Bob, you got to get some outside perspective. Yeah. And there are varying levels. So depending on how much this is impacting you of how much outside perspective and the kind of outside perspective you need to get. One is if you can get a pastor that has been in this longer than you have, that's a really great place to go. And just say, hey, can I just be honest with you about what's going on, how I'm feeling about it, how it's making me feel and think? And you just, I mean, where challenge me where I'm wrong, challenge me where I'm not thinking right, and, and give them permission to do that. Be ready to do that kind of mentally and, and know that they're going to challenge. And here's the deal. If they've been passionate for a long time, they're probably not going to, like, beat you up. They're going to. They're going to hear you. They're going to have compassion. And their hope. when I talk to pastors going through stuff like this, my posture is always one I, ho I hope to have a lot of empathy and a lot of compassion and hear them, understand them, validate their emotions, and then try to just barely lean forward and just kind of go, okay, what does it look like to not just sit here in this frustration and hurt and confusion? But how do we just barely right now? I know it's hurtful. Everything's painful. How do we just barely lean forward? What's what's a way to lean forward in this and and think through this in different perspectives? There's going to be a temptation, and this this I, this may be I think one of the most important things I'll say on this episode. If church hurt, especially if it has something to do with your people's evaluation of your effectiveness as a leader as a pastor, 
there's going to be a real temptation to isolate because mm-hmm. it's scary and it feels like what if they're right and what if I do get perspective on this and that perspective helps me see that I am less of a leader than I thought I was or I'm less of a pastor than I thought I was. And and there's almost this subconscious battle to go, I don't really want to open that Pandora's box. And so I'm just going to put my head down and go forward. And, and you're kind of almost just hoping it's going to go away. Yeah. And it's not going to go away. And you need you need brothers that and that are going to help you. They're going to love you and, and help you get the outside perspective. So I would say stage one, you know, you get another pastor, another friend that's done ministry that knows what it feels like to be in the spot that you're in. But if it's like legitimately affecting you in in a way that where you cannot think clearly, you can't like you're you almost have brain fog out of it. It's impacting you so heavy. Then you need to seek professional help, and don't be ashamed of that. That is not failure. Like you you need somebody that can help you get some clinical perspective on what the stress is doing to you mentally. Yeah, I I love that how you put that. I think it's in, it's hard for us to remember, Jimbo, that. We're not perfect and we're going to fail, right? And here's a statement that I I think is important. You are not as great as you think you are, and you're also not as bad as you think you are. Mm. And the reality is that one or two failures does not make you an overall failure. One or two failings does not make you an overall failure, right? So it's important for us to understand there's going to be somebody who's better than we are at everything. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people who are worse than we are at something. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is, and and I think this is true for a lot of us, type A, high D, high I, probably firstborn types where we feel like we've, we've had a track record of success that's, that's followed us in every position that we've ever inhabited. Jimbo, there's going to be a situation where you encounter an obstacle, a barrier, a bully, a gatekeeper, a church, something where you you are not going to be able to overcome it just by your sheer talent or will. And many times that's the Lord's own doing to break you and make you more humble and dependent upon him. Yeah. But we all know that situations like that hurt. Now, I don't want to exclude the fact that, Jimbo, there are some people in churches who are sinful, who are divisive, who are antagonistic. And Jimbo, there's some people in churches that are just mean as snakes, right? Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna throw everything they at you. And then even worse, you're going to have people that you felt like were on your side or on your team, people that loved you, that all of a sudden betray you. And that's perhaps the most difficult kind of hurt to deal with is the not just the bully or the adversary, right? Because you kind of expect that to some degree. But the person who's within your own circle of friends, the one who betrays you, right? The one who's close like a brother that all of a sudden is now not any longer. Yeah, That perhaps is the one that I think bewilders most pastors to the degree that that feels almost like a fatal wound that it's hard for them to overcome. Yeah, the closer the person to you that you feel the hurt from, the the it is much more painful. And especially when it, you can't make sense of it. Right. There's almost like, I don't know, you've had, sometimes you've had disagreements with people, I think, that you know and you love, but you, you get where they're coming from. You understand, like, you're, it's agree to disagree type thing, but I get, I understand why you feel the way you do. And you know, I think you're wrong. And I think I'm right. But 
uh, and it's hard and that's painful. But the one that's like really painful is it feels like, man, it feels like this came out of nowhere. I really thought we were on the same page and I thought that we were running this race together and that, you know, we were arm in arm linked up charging the battlefield, serving together, and that we were both excited about where God was taking this church. And you agreed with what I was trying to do here, I thought. And then either, one, now you have major criticisms, or two, you just disappear and with no explanation. And those, it could be sometimes, not always, that's always mar- far more painful than the person that's just mean-spirited and critical all the time. Yeah. And you just you grow to expect that from them and you know that's what you're gonna get from them on a regular basis. I think I've told this story on here before. I had a guy that everything he said to me was snarky and critical. And I one day on a Sunday morning, I'm walking down the aisle and I'm talking to people right before the service starts, and he just, you know, throws some dart at me of some, you know, critical statement. And I just, without my filter working, just looked at him and his name wasn't Bob. We're just going to pretend it was. And I just said, Bob, one day I'm going to talk to you the way you talk to me. And he just looked like super shocked, like what in the world? And and I just looked at him. I said, just think about it. And I walked off, not by best moment, but I'm not going to lie. It felt pretty good at the moment to do that. That's, but that's, that guy was a lot less painful than the people that I thought we were like, we were tight and we were in this together. Yeah, man, I think that's a great moment. <laughs> that's like in middle school, that's like a punch to the sternum, bro. That was awesome, right? The guy who's picking on you and picking on you and picking on you. And all of a sudden you're like, you drop your book bag and you just punch him square in the sternum and it knocks him back. And it didn't hurt him so much as it surprised him, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, a well-placed use of a verbal punch to the sternum occasionally. I mean, we see it in Jesus, but, you know, but it, I mean, it's just like somebody to do that right before you preach, right? It's yeah. just like, come on, people. Like, really? Yeah. But I, I think, you know, one of the things that is so important for us, Jimbo, is that church hurt makes us become wiser, right? Mm. And maybe more shrewd and maybe less sensitive. Yeah. Right. Because I think we see a lot of replanters get into the replanting work. They've sacrificed salary, position, preference. They're, they're you know, hustling to try to make it economically, all these mm. sorts of things. And then they're trying to lead a people who seem to be ungrateful and critical, some who become adversarial, and they get into this situation where they just feel frustrated, bewildered, angry, discouraged, what, whatever, right? So I think all of this hurt that we experience makes us become wiser. And so we walk into a situation, maybe with a new person, with a little bit of caution and a little bit of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit of understanding that we need to approach every conversation with with a measure of wisdom, with a a measure of appropriate disclosure, like all those sorts of things. It takes me back to uh, a passage in John 2, 24, where we we see this in Jesus' life, right? As he was doing ministries like the wedding at Cana, does the miracle. Everybody's like, did you see what he did? He like made water out of wine. Like Mm. I mean, I made wine out of water. I mean, it's just amazing kinds of things, right? Yeah. And so all of this notoriety becomes, and all in the midst of that, it says this, but Jesus did his part not to entrust himself to them because he knew all people. Mm. 
and he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man, right? So there's this, this idea that Jesus doesn't need people to go, man, you are awesome, <laughs> right? You are. Yeah. And so he wasn't looking for his affirmation or his credibility from man because he knows what's inside of, of people, right? And yeah. so, so for us as pastors, like our affirmation and our confirmation comes from the Lord. And oftentimes what comes from man is condemnation, particularly cranky church members or unregenerate members. And as we seek to be a change agent inside of a church, we can expect to be the focus and the target of conflict. So going in, knowing that, that it's going to be hard, that people are going to disappoint, people are going to be adversarial. Some people are going to be great and encouraging and loving and accepting, but there's going to be a small handful that probably are going to come against this. And they would come against anybody, right? Any any pastor who was in that situation that was leading them towards biblical fidelity and faithfulness, missionality, all those sorts of things, they're just going to come against that because they, they don't really, they want change, but they don't really want change, right? So be wiser for it, right? Just know that that church hurt, like redeem the pain. I, I went to a church planter assessment back in the early 90s in Denver, Colorado. I, I was thinking, you know, I want to plant a church. Where do I want to go? Well, Colorado seems like a great place. I've taken kids out there to camp and I loved Colorado. I just love the vibe out there. Casa Bonita was out there. And incidentally, Casa Bonita, Jimbo, do you know about Casa Bonita? No. It's this giant Mexican restaurant that serves Taco Bell food, but it's inside this giant room. They have a cliff diver and caves and so what? is. And here's the best part, Jimbo. There's a flag on your table that when you raise it up, the person comes by and says, what do you want? And you just tell them and they bring you more, right? Okay. So Casa Bonita, I'll put a link on it. Mark Halleck and I are super excited about it. Maybe when you're out there in July, yeah. you can you can go to Casa Bonita. And if you do take a picture of, of you in Casa Bonita, I'd love to see that. But anyway, I go to this church planner assessment and the guy talks about church hurt and pain. And he says this, I've learned to let the Lord redeem the head wounds that I received. Mm. And so he talked about redeeming the pain. And Jimbo, man, that stuck with me. Yeah. And that's something that has been part of my life, just thinking about how can God redeem this pain, right? What people mean for evil, God intends for good. What we think is an, a burden that's going to kill us and it's going to just take us out. God does that so we depend on him. And so the conflict that we experience and the challenge that we experience, the hurt that we receive at the hands of people who we seek to pastor and lead can make us more like Jesus and make us wiser. And as my counselor once said, if people betray Jesus, how do you think they won't betray you? Right. Yeah. I think for me and my experiences of the most hurtful moments, part of what I know God was doing in my heart, and I suspect God is often doing in the hearts of other ministry leaders when they go through difficult seasons mm -hmm. is for me, he was chiseling out a fear of man. He was mm -hmm. chiseling out a addiction to approval, a, a need for man's approval to be liked, to be approved of, to be thought of as successful and really good at what I do. And I know a lot of guys have deep father wounds, right? I mean, that's there's a lot of documentation of that. And for the longest time, I did not think I had deep father wounds because I was very blessed. I have a great dad. I mean, my dad is a really good guy. I love being around my dad. I've always loved being around my dad. 
I've never felt anything but respected and loved and cherished by my dad. But what I did figure out is because I love my dad so much, my dad is one of the hardest working men I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it, it hardwired this thing in me of like, he, I mean, and he, he said, always be the hardest working person in the room. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it means to be a man. That's what it means to, and from his perspective, coming from, you know, a small little sharecropper family in, in Arkansas in dirt floor shack. And he's the only one to graduate high school. And he's 21 when he graduated and, you know, had a pretty successful career in the, in the pulp mill paper mill industry. Uh, he had to work really, really, really hard to do all of that. And so I admired that so much. It kind of ingrained that mentality into me in the ministry of if I'm going to be a good pastor, that means I'm going to be the hardest working person in the room always. And I interpreted that, that that's where my value and where my worth comes from is in my ability to work hard. And the Lord had to take me through those seasons to help me begin to have a different perspective and see that, no, my my worth and value really is just in the fact that Jesus loves me. And that's it, that he has adopted me, that he has redeemed me, that I am his child, that I am pointing others to him. And that's it, regardless yeah. of how many people show up or how successful I am or whether people like me or don't like me. And it's still something at times I, I still have to wrestle with. But I never gained real perspective on that until I went through church hurt, until I went through those things. And so boot camper, I don't tell you what, I sat down with a with a pastor recently and I just said, listen, don't run from the pain. Don't try to soothe it. Don't like figure out not only how to not how to not only how to redeem the pain from our past, but when you're in the midst of church hurt, ask the Lord, what is it that you're doing? And how is it that you're using this to grow me? And how can I just submit myself to that and know that it's going to hurt? It's going to hurt. And ministry is often going to hurt. And if you, the problem is, from what I have seen in my own life and the lives of others, Bob, when you try to soothe it and you try to avoid the pain and just get around it, then most often times you're going to go to something that's unhealthy. Now, it might be something that's benignly unhealthy, like spending too much time on social media, which is not a good idea or binging Netflix. But it can also go to things like pornography, to alcohol. It can go to drugs. It can, I mean, I've seen it. I've, I know pastors. I know ministry leaders that began to soothe their pain with little things like food and, and Netflix and whatever. And then next thing you know, they're struggling with alcoholism or they're struggling with pornography addiction or or they have an affair. They do something really stupid. Yeah, That stuff comes from, I think, instead of going to the Lord in our pain, trying to run from it and trying to soothe it. Yeah, man, with that, we just want to say, hey, if you're out there and you are a renewal pastor and you are in a bad place and you're not quite sure what to do, we'd love to hear from you and try to help you connect with resources in your area to get you to a place where you can be healed and whole and serve for the glory of God and the good of the church and the community. So if you're a brother that's struggling, man, don't hesitate to reach out Mm. either to us or that 800 number that we're going to put on the bottom of this show notes of this podcast to help you connect with somebody who can just listen. And you might need a safe place just to say, hey, and here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm doing. I need some help. 
Hey, in a way you can encourage us, one, I did our I did my math wrong. This will be episode one ninety eight, not one ninety nine. So listener, if the boot camp's been helpful to you, we would really love to hear that. And we would love to highlight some of those stories in episode two hundred. So contact us on social media, hit us up through the website, let us know what the what the boot camp has meant to you over the last few years, and would love to highlight your story on episode two hundred. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches, big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.